Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another episode of Grow a Soul. For episode seven, I have another coaching episode for you with the photographer Aista Salita. Originally from Lithuania, it took Aista a little while to find her path after moving to the UK to study when she was 18. She has now wound her way back to her first love of photography and now shoots beautiful, whimsical, moody work in Lewis, East Sussex. In this episode, we talk about the difficulties of finding your way in business, dream clients, and connecting with an online audience as an introvert. So, let's dig in. Hi, Aista. Hi, Kate. How are you doing? Thanks so much for joining me. Good. Very excited to be. Never done a podcast thing, so definitely new territory. (laughs) A podcast thing. I am very new to kind of being on this side of the phone line as well so we'll get through it together I'm sure (laughs) so I imagine that there might be a few people listening who may not necessarily know you so can you tell us all a little bit about your background and the inspiration behind your business and what you do and how you've got to the place that you're at now okay so I'm a photographer mainly I also do a little bit of illustration work. I'm completely self-taught and it's like a thing on the side. So mostly I'm a photographer and then I do some writing as well. So I tend to introduce myself as a photographer, illustrator, writer and witch. <laughs> yeah, is is a bit of a mix. I am Lithuanian. So I was born in Lithuania and brought up there. I moved to UK when I was 18 That was initially for university and I did politics and international relations then at uni because expectations and all that sort of thing. So I think many people can relate probably. I lived in London then for like three years and kind of left for a little bit after that and traveled around a little bit, Um, went to like Ireland and then stayed in Lithuania again for, for a little while, moved back to London and things got kind of difficult and a bit dark and I felt just really lost I guess like the whole idea of going out and getting a career seemed really kind of scary and just something that I never felt like was for me I always wanted to sort of do my thing and I didn't really know what that thing was supposed to be I've always loved photography since I was a kid I was absolutely in love with it and I've done it for a very long time in in that kind of practical way and creatively kind of grown into it since I was quite young but I guess all the societal pressure and like parental ideas as to what you're supposed to do with your life didn't really give any space for photography so I never took it seriously in that way like something I could actually make a career out of yeah so sort of took a bit of a backseat for a while and when I was in a kind of darker place I started looking at all kinds of other career paths like growing food and doing gardening (laughs) yeah when people kind of learn about all the different things and different hats that I've worn through time it's kind of crazy but most of it was just sort of testing things out and it was only a year and a half ago I kind of finally realized that photography is just what I need to give it a go I basically realized that if you're gonna hustle really hard to get a job 
and end up with a job that you hate, you might as well work really hard for something you actually love. And yeah, kind of just dawned on me. I felt like, why didn't I ever really think seriously about this? This is the only thing that I love and makes sense to me. But it took me a while to get there. And yeah, I should probably mention that I moved away from London a year, almost two years ago. That always helps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no offence Londoners, <laughs> but... <laughs> no, definitely. I meet a lot more people like that nowadays. It's really interesting. Once you kind of leave it, then you like see all these other people who have done the same mm-hmm. thing. When you first do it yourself, you're like the only person you know that's doing this. Yeah. And you're like... I must think I'm just absolutely mental but I just realized after a little while in London that the city itself and the life there was kind of making me sick both in kind of a physical way and a mental way it just wasn't good for my health and I was born in a city and grew up in a city in Lithuania but I spent all my free time in the countryside so I'm really a country girl through and through so moving away from London just really made sense for my soul and once I did, I just, I haven't looked back. It's just great. <laughs> so now I'm based in Lewis, which is in East Sussex in the UK. Nice little town. It's very quaint and life's a lot slower. <laughs> yeah. But there's still a lot of like creativity and Brighton's around the corner and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's cool. A nice happy. mix. Yeah. And what's so interesting about your story, and I'm sure well, I can relate to it, and I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to it, that you knew from a very young age like what it was that you should be doing and, and your intuition was guiding you so strongly at that point but do the thing that we all do which is guided by people who know best and the things that we should be doing and I, I love that you've come full circle back around to it and that's something that yeah. that I've definitely done I wanted to be a photographer and a writer at various stages all the way through um, my yeah. youth and and then, yeah, we all have that kind of funny period around graduation mm-hmm. where we wear all these hats and none of them fit and coming round to actually the thing that you wanted to do when you were 15. Yeah. It feels a little bit like you've wasted a lot of your life, but I think it's oh, all, God. it's necessary, though, for knowing that yeah. that's what you do need and to yeah. you have to see the bad side to see for sure that yeah. this is what you should be doing. I think so too, in a way. And then there's, you know, there's moments when you're looking on the internet and you're coming across these other people who are doing so, you know, from my point of view, it's like I'll come across a photographer who's amazing and has been doing this thing for ages and they're really, really young and they're younger than me and they this is what they did from when they were still in like high school. And I think, oh my God, I wasted all this time. But everyone's road is different and they perhaps had different kind of support that not everyone does because I think most people's parents have very different expectations and it takes you a while to realize that it's not that they don't necessarily support you in that like now that when I speak to my mom now say you know she's she's really enjoying what I'm doing and she supports me but when I was younger it was like okay you can't do this for a job because you're not going to earn any money and it's you know it's just her own fear it's her own understanding of what's actually possible so I guess as a parent you don't always realize how much your own fears affect the choices that your kids will make Mm. it is kind of like you have to go through that experience when you become an adult and you realize that things that your parents believe aren't necessarily going to be things that you're going to go with and it's part of that becoming like independent and realizing that whatever I just got to do my own thing whether people believe in that or not 
Mm. And yeah, the world of work has changed more in the last five mm. minutes than it has in the yeah. last like 50 years. So yeah. it, it, it does kind of take a lot mm. for even us to get our heads around and we're in it. And it must be so much more difficult for the people who, like my parents, who were in the same job for 50 years and you didn't change jobs and you certainly didn't work for yeah. yourself. And so I think that's really it's a, a something I think we should kind of give our parents a bit of a break around it as <laughs> yeah, well. and I think you're right though it's you have to come around to your passion just as and just as long as you do it doesn't matter what the road is that takes you there because it has to be your road and you will take become your business or your creativity will be different for that and better for that whether it takes you five months or five years or 50 years it's or you've got to come around to it at mm. some stage though but you've got to follow follow the path and the things that you need to be doing definitely and you grow into yourself like if I had done this thing you know six seven years ago before I moved for university or something I would have been a very different kind of photographer I think and a different kind of business owner and you learn so much from all these other hats that you've worn that you can then apply in that thing that you do now and I wouldn't you know I don't regret any of my experiences like I think everything that I've learned in my degree or in doing other jobs is helping me now just in in ways that are not always obvious and talking about the parents thing is it's probably worth mentioning so I grew up in Lithuania and I'm the first generation to be born in the independent state and that means that my mum grew up and she spent most of her at young adult life under occupation. So the system then was completely different. Basically, if you left university, you were just given a job. There was no unemployment as such in the Soviet Union. Um, and she didn't know what the heck she wanted to do. She was just kind of given these choices and then, you know, you get a job and then she's been a teacher for like over 20 years because that's just what you do. And you don't really change your career. And we've always had that understanding that I will have to deal with a very different situation. Mm. So she kind of takes some of those lessons from like me and like my, uh, my siblings and other family that are younger because actually the older generation are now learning what the job market is like. And when the economy kind of hit really heavy times and there are a lot of people being fired, it was just a completely new concept for them to deal with. So, yeah, I think it's just very different conditions. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And that's like a whole other load of cultural parent baggage yeah. <laughs> that you're taking around with you yeah. as well. Gosh. It's a very different experience. So you yeah. kind of have to be a bit realistic at some point and think, okay, well, where do they come from? What kind of situation mm. and lifestyle do they come from? Mm. And realize that, yeah, your situation is just not like that. So you have to make your choices based on where you are. But it's hard to do that when you're like 18 and completely lost (laughs) so let's let's talk a little bit about let's take it away from the 18 and lost and where you are now which is not lost and as unlost as you can be and so you're full-time in photography and so tell us a little bit like about your business now and your style and the kind of work that you do so uh, I've only been full-time for like two and a half months now. Before that was just full-time job and then hustling this on the side. Mm. I learned definitely a lot in this year when I started. Obviously, it really helped that I didn't have that pressure of like having to make money of it straight away. And I have to say, I have tried working as a photographer before, like a few years ago. And 
here and there and stuff. But this is my first sort of serious effort. When I first started, I had no idea how to, how to run a business or how to even start one. Really not a businessy person in that way. Always kind of stayed away from that subject and finances and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a very interesting journey of growing into myself as a business owner. And for, for months and months, I couldn't even say that. I couldn't say that I'm a business owner. It just sounded so strange mm. and alien. But I think something that kind of, I guess, defines my style in that way is that I'm led a lot by my heart and by my gut. And the people that I tend to work with usually connect with me through that. So I work with a lot of small business owners or People have like some kind of conscious holistic careers, so yoga teachers or facial therapists or things like that, other creative people basically, and a lot of kind of mindful lifestyle people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's strange talking about myself in this yeah. way, I guess. yeah no and but I I think what I love is that you went straight into who you do it for rather than exactly Mm. what you do because I think you're very much that sort of photographer where it's all about your aesthetic Mm. and you've got as you kind of introduced yourself at the beginning you've got that very kind of Wuthering Heights kind of feel like yeah. witchy, mysterious. <laughs> and you just look at your Instagram and look at your site and you can tell that your sort of people will just really connect with it, that whole aesthetic. And it's, it's really beautiful, but it's it's dark and moody rather than light, bright and colourful, which I'm all over anyway. Yeah. And well, it's really interesting, yeah, because like you say, I'll probably talk about people I work with because when people are like, okay, so what kind of photographer are you? I find it really hard to give them a clear answer because, so I do portrait photography and I've always loved photographing people and that really is my strong suit probably. So portraits are something I just completely adore doing. But then I photograph couples and I work with brands. So I do some like product photography as well and kind of lifestyle stuff. It's really quite a wide mix. Mm -hmm. I really like photographing people, making things and creating things they believe in. So makers, artisans, anything related to food that's organic, local, hunted, foraged, it really is about kind of the ethos and the kind of people. Yeah, I like all kinds of subjects in that way. And yeah, yeah. doing weddings as well, hopefully kind of start booking for next year, but it's still in preparation mode. I think that I love that. I think that it is that it's kind of like you'll photograph anything as long as like the purpose mm-hmm. and the person behind it is right for you and then we'll kind of let you express your creativity and your aesthetic in the way that you need to because that's going to get them the best results I think that people do worry because there's all this talk about oh find your niche and it's fact you can like niche the sort of the what so you might be Mm. a product photographer but you take all the different types of products yeah you're not kind of specific along that whereas you've you've gone the other way whereas you're like i only do these people but i'll shoot Mm. anything and it's it's just as valid as going the other way around and what that does as well is it makes you a more powerful brand because people Mm. are coming to you because they like what you're about and they'll have anything like they'll come to you for a portrait and then they'll book a wedding and then they'll release a product and they'll get that shot whereas if you're just a product photographer well they're just coming because they want product photos and then they'll go yeah 
new and one. And that's totally true because I have worked with people sort of repetitively as well where they've come to me for one thing and then something different. And they've realized maybe through the process of working with me what, what I'm really passionate about as well. Even if it, initially when they approached me, it might have been for different reasons. They'll figure out through getting to know me what it is that I really love to do. And then if they have something like that, they can ring me up and say, hey, you know, we've got this thing. I think you're going to love doing that. And I like that because I like variety. And I kind of try to think a lot about why I do what I do. And for me, the key with my photography is to share the stories of people in a way where I kind of share their light. So when I photograph people, it's about capturing the essence of who they are and the essence of being a human being. So as long as I get to do that and it really doesn't matter what I photograph. And the more of it I do, the more I realize it really is about the stories and the people that I work with. Mm. And it's about working with people that you can really connect with and that let you do your thing and let you take your time and figure out where you see that magic in that world and their story. And mm. it's, it's really tricky because everyone does talk about niching down and... I think there's a little bit too much pressure on it sometimes. Yeah. It's just important that you love what you do and that's your niche. Yeah, <laughs> if you well, don't love it, it's a natural way of sifting it out. If yeah. you like something, then I know that's not the thing I want to do. Yeah, and I think people say, oh God, I've got a niche. But actually, they're already niched enough. But mm-hmm. there's like all this talk about it that they need to go to. And I think that's where you're at. And I think your strategy to kind of see how the rest of the year goes yeah. is a good one because you're niched enough to be building a really, really strong brand around that, that aesthetic and around your why. But yeah. yeah, by the end of the year, you might be like, I don't want to shoot another product. I just want it to be people. <laughs> or I hate people. I just want to shoot products. <laughs> yeah. But keeping yeah. it really close to that why means that you'll be able to make that pivot and even three years down the line you're like I want to start a course or I want to start coaching Mm -hmm. other photographers it allows you to do that because people will come to you for the why not for the what yeah definitely and I wouldn't like to constrain myself in that way as well because you know I do like doing illustration as well and and part of it's completely related to my why it's just a different way of interpreting and sharing it and I want to be able to explore things because unless I really try stuff, how am I supposed to know whether I'm going to enjoy it or not? Like, I think it's really hard to do that, to just know straight away. So yeah, I have given myself a year and I think at the end of the year, I can sit down with myself and say, okay, what has worked and what hasn't? And then just focus in on that. Just do it in a kind of more natural way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that, that just kind of leaving the space and, accepting that the universe will fill it with something and not being too prescriptive or specific about what you want it filled with and Mm because I'm reading a book at the moment called you are a badass at making money and she talks about it in terms of money yeah and about how like you might be there going well I'm going to make 12,000 extra dollars by selling a car in my car showroom but by doing that you're closing yourself off to the opportunity of someone coming to film a movie Mm. in your car showroom so I love that kind of I'm just leaving the space here and what comes I'm not gonna say this is what I'm gonna do I'm just gonna explore it and see what comes in different angles that's so so true I love that book it's so interesting interesting. you can definitely get a really (laughs) woo-woo but I'm trying to work through it as well so I read it but now I'm trying to kind of do the exercises Mm. at the end of each chapter 
because money mindset is definitely something I need to work with. But yeah, it's true because you sometimes have an inquiry and you read it and you think, oh, that might not be my jam. But if you say yes and then you turn up to the shoot and then you realize that actually what you thought you were going to be dealing with is not that and it's something that you love and you're going to enjoy it and you really can't tell from just you know an email and someone saying oh I need the product shoot of this and that but then you turn up to a beautiful site and lovely people and everything's flowing in the way that you like it to flow and you just have a wonderful time and then okay great you want to work with those people doing a similar thing again you it's really hard to know beforehand so it's just sometimes saying yes and then once you've done that a few times you kind of figure out what you didn't love doing and what you did yeah absolutely so let's talk a little bit like let's dig in a little bit more about some kind of specific stuff about the business and the challenges that you've got at the moment the things that you're really struggling with because we've talked a lot about how what you do is really specific to certain people and that's yeah. that's what your business is built around so is that something that you're struggling with is kind of finding those people and and, and your reach around mm. there and stuff yeah I think like one of the things that I really appreciate with the way that I have connected with people on Instagram is really often through just who I am and my story and people will start to message me and we'll chat over dms a lot and it's really lovely it's quite organic and it tends to be quite deep I'm quite an introvert so I like these deep one-on-one conversations Mm -hmm. but I struggle speaking to a wider group of people like what if I guess because it's such a kind of deep quality about the relationships that I do create over social media it can be really hard to figure out how to reach more people or even have that mental energy to reach more people sometimes you know, I, I think about, I want to grow my Instagram. I want to reach more potential customers or just people to connect with. But at the same time, I don't have that actual desire in me to like mm-hmm. talk to more people again today or tomorrow. Right, yeah. And when you focus in so deeply on trying to be really kind of truthful and really present in those interactions that you do have, it can be a little bit tricky to figure out how to sort of multiply that and still preserve your energy and not feel like you have to talk deeply to a million people a day and I suppose that's one of the things that I think when I think about what you know okay so if my account grew really big and I suddenly had loads of followers or I think about people who have that how do you deal with that do you just become a lot less personal as you grow or you know how does that work isn't it shameful that you don't get to connect so much with people but I guess you just can't help it can you yeah, I think there's some people who who do it really well. So mm. somebody like Dominique, who is at All That Is She, yeah. who has kind of grown by the hundreds of thousands a day yeah. almost, but she is still very present and has time for people. But I must ask her, actually, but I'm, I'm, it's probably yeah. the case that she just spends 12 hours a day on Instagram. Yeah, um, I wonder. <laughs> but what it sounds like with you is that social media is a balance between the kind mm. of broadcast thing it yeah. can do and then also the one-to-one connection it could do. And it seems like your scales are tipped a little bit too mm. much into having actual one-to-one conversations, but yeah. not enough broadcast, which is interesting because most people are the other way around. Yeah. And so, yes, that will make it very difficult for you to scale if you mm. are still kind of having those in-depth conversations in the DMs every day. 
But I think as well, it's it's really a case of how you want to grow and why you want to grow. Because just mm. saying I want more followers, yeah. like is is nothing unless those followers no. are doing something. And unless they're right, <laughs> there's they're pointless being there. Yeah, I totally agree with the idea that, you know, I'd rather take a thousand people that love what I do and that actually connect with what I do than a hundred thousand people just mm. for the sake of it. I mean, really, at the end of the day, definitely numbers don't matter in that way. It's just about being able to reach more so that those few people that will end up hiring you, because obviously there's only so many people you can serve every year. There's only so many people that I can shoot for. I don't need, you know, a hundred thousand people in my email saying, can I hire you? You only need to reach those few people that will give you what you need, basically, that will fill up your timetable and that you can do the thing that you love and create them something that you love. It's just about reaching enough so that more people notice you, I guess, so that those people who would love what you do would actually have a chance to know that you exist because that's that's often the hardest thing is like how to get people to actually realize that you're there mm-hmm. and then when they do then it's a different story but, yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. a question of getting out of your channel and onto mm-hmm. other people's so if, what I'm going to ask you I'm going to take it a few steps back because this is what yeah. people <laughs> tend to do when they think about marketing their business and about marketing generally is when people start businesses they start quite far ahead and they're like well I'll be on Instagram and I'll do this and then I'll have a Facebook group mm. and, and they actually don't take the time to really set the foundations so have you done anything like you've got a very strong sense of who this person mm. is but have you ever written it down is it more a kind of feeling that you have rather than specifics <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely worked with like a few different templates and questionnaires for like working out your ideal person and things like that. There's definitely a few types of people as well. And you don't always realize that the person you're imagining is it's not necessarily about the person that they are. It's about the way they connect with you mm-hmm. and the way they connect with your work. Because if I'm photographing portraits of somebody or some kind of content for someone I want them to connect with the work itself I want them to look at that and be inspired and be happy every time they look at it so it's not necessarily about what they do it is about that feeling it's about that kind of no I tend to feel it in my gut when I connect with somebody I just sort of know whether they're my person or not Mm -hmm. but I have definitely tried to work out a kind of imaginary person that would be my ideal person (laughs) and that's what helps you be proactive because your gut is there when you meet someone being Mm. reactive to that and being like yes or no but in order for you to like really reach out and be helping your people find you you have to be proactive and Mm. having an audience profile of some type really helps that and I Mm. get what you're saying about the templates because there are a lot of awful templates out there and what they tend to do is focus on demographic information Mm. so what you know are they married what do they do for a job where do they live and actually that doesn't help you in any sort of practical way because once Mm. you've done all that you still don't know how to talk to them or where they are Um, (laughs) so so what I always get people to focus on is actually what's going on inside that person and Mm. what they are wanting to get out of life what are their goals Mm -hmm. what 
are they really wanting to achieve either just with their brand or for their wedding and just life in general and also their challenges what's holding them back from getting that what are the things that they're googling what's Mm. what's kind of keeping them up at night and getting under their skin like that and then the demographics those are the things that go beyond demographics so you'll have a business owner and a bride with the same Mm. goals and challenges but the product will be different but they need your why that's such a good point because it's so because I'm so like I work doing different things but for a certain kind of people if I focus on what it is that they would hire me for in specific it's really tricky because then it's like well you know it could be a bride it could Mm -hmm. be a business owner it could be this it could be that it could be someone wanting portraits of themselves for because it's nice (laughs) it could be someone doing it for work and yeah then their needs and their wants are kind of different it makes so much sense to focus in on that that's a brilliant idea and I think and particularly with photography and particularly with photography Mm. businesses that have such a strong aesthetic like yours it's Mm. all about that person and how they want to see themselves you have to be able to show them that this is they are paying you to capture a vision of themselves that is the them they want to be that's Um, so interesting I never thought about it that way (laughs) yeah and it's yeah I've been doing a lot of thinking about this recently myself is actually about it's never about you it's about how Mm. your people view themselves via you yeah it's what they see in themselves when they see you and they see your work and so I find that quite freeing because especially when you're you are introverted and you can really just Mm. push all that attention away and be like it's not about me it's about Mm. what they see and them accessing their truth through mine that's so true because even just the way people connect with me often you know if I share something on social media the most response I usually get is from things that I've shared about maybe what I struggle with or my thoughts about something personal and it's they will end up reaching out to me because that's something that they've been feeling or a way they've been thinking about things something maybe they have struggled with and haven't thought of a different perspective and then I present that different perspective Mm -hmm. and it is it is about them (laughs) and in me they find some kind of comfort and companionship I guess Mm -hmm. And they they feel supported. They feel like they're not alone. I do wonder, though, whether um, it's always very tricky. And I I see a lot of other people struggle with this as well with social media. It's like, you know, you know sort of what you do as your kind of job or as as a product, as a service that you offer. But then there's many benefits to being just being yourself and presenting yourself on social media and letting people connect with you and I definitely noticed that's really helpful for me and for what I do because especially as a photographer I want people to be really comfortable around me I want them to see me as a friend especially if I'm doing something like a portrait photo shoot because it's so personal it's so intimate I'm, you know, I'm there for an hour or longer looking at them. <laughs> it's so close and intimate. I want them to be as comfortable around me as possible. And that requires them kind of knowing me as a person, knowing what I maybe think about people in general, what I might think about them, my ideas around beauty, my ideas around confidence. So I definitely see a lot of value in sharing my thoughts about mm-hmm. that online Mm -hmm. but then sometimes it's like you know I like talking about certain things online and I think does that help my business does that Mm -hmm. late is that gonna speak to 
my ideal client? Is this relevant to share? And like, how do you figure out mm. the kind of themes that you really should be talking about if you want to grow it in, in a business way yeah. and not just as your personal blog? Yeah, there's a couple of things in there. And I think you're so right about it being the experience. And I think coaching is very similar to that. But I think almost with when you're a photographer, people feel more vulnerable with you than they yeah. do in a coaching situation. So I think you're you're bang on there to have picked that up and to, to be putting that across. But again, that is more about the other person because the way that you're describing how that you, you show yourself, like if your target mm. market were fashion bloggers... Yeah. You wouldn't be showing yourself in the same way that you do for your people because you know no. what they need to feel comfortable. Mm. So it is it is thinking it's them again seeing what they need to see and seeing it it's all about them again they're there and they're, <laughs> they're there watching yeah. you and they see the experience that they want to have by the way that you put that across. So it's just kind of really keeping that front of mind. And in terms of like what's relevant. So tell me something that you think you know is bang on and definitely relevant and people love and then something that you're a little bit more unsure about I guess things like whenever I talk about self-image or confidence or just the way I see the world and inspiration I feel like they help people understand how I photograph how I approach that thing it kind of gives them an insight into what I create and how they can connect with me and yeah my ideas about people and about beauty but then I'm not always as sure whether it makes sense for me to share about my experience as as a kind of young business owner that's still like figuring out her own way Mm -hmm. and I do find that people respond really well to that and there's definitely a number of followers that will always always say yes please we want more of this we want to hear what you have to say because I think they can relate so much because I'm still starting and they can maybe it it feels kind of closer to them and to where they are but then I always think is this actually relevant to what I do you know I'm not a business coach is this helpful but then again I work with other small business owners so they might enjoy what I share in that and then hire me for photographs as well yeah yeah because it is so many different reasons people connect with me like it is just really hard to figure it out Mm. and there were periods where I was like putting my more of myself into my feed into my stories still I put a little bit of myself into my stories and I try to talk as much as I can as much as I sort of feel like it and I try to be a lot less curated and kind of show the behind the scenes there more but I used to show a lot more of myself in my feed and I've noticed now that I haven't really so yeah I wonder whether that's something that's probably relevant to kind of bring back But then, I don't know, would people enjoy seeing my lifestyle? I mean, it's always that kind of, you know, you question, like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Is anyone interesting? I don't live some kind of glamorous, wonderful life. You know, my house is not Instagrammable. Why would anyone (laughs) want to see this? It's a combination for me of what, like, wanting to be fully myself and really open, but then also thinking how much do people actually want to see Mm -hmm. and how much they just don't care about and it's just not relevant mm-hmm. you know I'm maybe not inspirational in the way that I live I might be inspirational in the way that I see things but what is relevant to share mm-hmm. I don't know I yeah. struggle <laughs> no I don't know I know you I think you're onto something when you're saying you're sharing about your experience as a small business yeah. owner and then part of your 
your product line, if you like, is for small business owners. So that is relevant. (laughs) I think for you, it's being really consistent. So an exercise that I do with clients, and it's also in like my course and my workshops, I've done it as well, is to kind of come up with content buckets. That's my visual metaphor for it. Um, So I have my simple marketing, simple working, simple living. And everything Mm. that I write about on the blog, talk about here on the podcast, put on Instagram, wherever wherever I put it, it has to have fitted in one of those buckets. So I don't talk about something that's not in there because it's not relevant to my people. It's not relevant to my brand, to my story. It's not... When you talk about something out of your buckets your brand just starts to kind of seep at the edges and starts Mm. to spread thin. Whereas what the buckets do is just keep you really focused on the stuff that's going to be the most powerful, going to communicate your brand as powerfully as possible to your people. And so a good way of coming up with those is to like get a great big piece of paper and just write down Mm. all the words that come to mind when you think about what you want your brand to be, all the things that you believe in, all the feelings and stuff around it, and then go with, like, and just group them up thematically, because what you'll find is there will probably be two, three, four, five groups that will come out of those words, and you will then start to see that's where your buckets are, really. They're your pillars of your brand. That's what your brand stands on. And you can just focus on talking about those things because you're right you've got the whole world to talk about you've got everything under the sun to talk about and you have to find a way to refine that in because otherwise you're going to be having these thoughts about what's relevant what should I talk about forever and it doesn't mean that they can't shift and in five years time you need to add another one and take one away that's fine but it just gives you that Mm. focus that's so useful definitely yeah it sounds really useful to sort of write out all the different things that you can think of yeah because obviously you will repeat yourself and you'll just find a different word for the same thing Mm -hmm. get everything out and then refine it because you have to get it out because you can't do it in your head because then other stuff is happening and it's it's always Mm. working away there in your head and you need to there comes what you have to draw a line and I and I think because mm. you're two and a half months in full time you've been and mm. then you had the part-time work before that where it's yeah. been it's been so in your head and yeah. stewing over it and like dreaming and planning and and you're it's, oh god yeah <laughs> yeah um, which yeah. is absolutely fine and necessary to happen but that you have to like draw a line and be like right from now on I stop thinking mm. and I start focusing and pushing and doing yeah totally I'm definitely one of those people that like think so much that I end up not doing because you know I'll sit down to write an Instagram post and I think well I could say a million different things and then you can't pick one and you just end up not doing it yeah whereas for me (laughs) I can be like well I wrote I talked about marketing the last two days so I should probably Mm. um put something about like working oh and I've not put anything about simple living for a while so I'll do that tomorrow and that just immediately just gets you so much more focused and all that time that you're spending me like oh should I do this or should I do that it just takes it out and it's less decisions to have to be making all the time which is exhausting yeah do you do the same thing with your the Instagram feed like the images that you post do you have some kind of a pattern because Um, that's one of the things so as a photographer I have tons of content mm. but I find it so hard to pick exactly what's the best thing to share yeah, and as a photographer on Instagram as well, that's a whole other mm. ball game because 
good photography doesn't always do well on Instagram yeah. and things that do well on Instagram aren't always good photography. <laughs> and it's very difficult because you can see some photographers who just use Instagram for their personal brand and they don't mm. show their like best pictures, but they show all about themselves. And then you get others who do use it as a portfolio. And I think a balance somewhere mm. in the middle is good. But what- I definitely know that I like most, I think, people who have a bit of a balance, who share mm. their work, because I love seeing other photography. I just, you know, it's interesting. It's a different story they, they tell me. And as you can say, that's where the you has to come in. And be really clear, again, about that person that you're trying to get in front mm-hmm. of. So another thing that you can do as you're thinking about that dream client is to get really specific on, like, who else do they follow on Instagram? And kind of look at the hashtags that they might like and the people that they might follow and then look at the key similarities between those so for example with my feeds this was an exercise I did way back when and the sort of people who like my kind of photography Mm. um, and who are my kind of people like those very organic textures cozy feelings Mm. a lot of layers but then notebooks and tea and pens and stuff like that that has Mm. that that kind of productivity to it that feel but then mm. it's not a MacBook and a graphic notebook yeah. and stuff like that. And it's so like it's, a kind of slow, li- slow living yeah. productivity. Yeah. So really so look at the sort of tropes that your people are drawn to and start mm. to sprinkle those in. So you could do like a portrait and then it could be, I reckon your followers probably like similar things to me. So you could have your, your cup of coffee in an open book in the morning and that's going to attract those people and really get them in and be intrigued. And then they find your photography and then they click your link and then they see the great mm. photography because yeah. that was, that's not the stuff that works on Instagram. That's so interesting because I've really like, kind of noticed that I've shied away a lot from doing that Instagram style photography. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at all that stuff all the time and some of it I really enjoy looking at because, I don't know, it's it's nice. It's sort of like an insight into a kind of lifestyle and it's inspirational, I guess, and we all like that stuff, don't we? But I don't do it myself because it feels like, I don't know, I guess you focus so much on sharing your work, sharing what you're best at, yeah. and it's just not something I practice doing. And I think sometimes, you know, is my life Instagrammable? <laughs> How do I make it? Just sometimes it feels like such a pressure, and I don't want to seem overly curated as well. And I don't want people to sort of imagine that I have this wonderful life that I don't actually. And my life is quite difficult, and you know, nothing's perfect. So that, that can come across yeah. in your captions with Instagram. People put too much of themselves in it and too much stock into it, mm. and think treat it as an end game, whereas I very Mm. much focus on it's using it as a tool for your marketing and having each picture have a purpose. So Mm. I have pictures where I know it's just going to get a lot of people come to me because it's that Instagram rightness. And so I post a few of those, but not every picture is like that. Some of them are more for the people who already do know me, and it's, it might be one of me because yeah. ones of me never do as well. But my co- the comments always do just as well, if not better, because the people yeah. who are already there love to see it. And mm. so I've got those two types of pictures. Some are for people who haven't met me yet, and to get yeah. them in and introduce them to me and get them part of the fold. And then others aren't for that. They're for my people who are already mm. there, and that's fine. Not every, and that's mm. the thing with Instagram. It's always like the next one has to be better. The next one has to be better. It's like <laughs> yeah. actually treat them differently. 
and I, I think that helps with the striving for likes and stuff as well but for you I think you'll fi- you'll be surprised and, and don't think about oh it's not Instagrammable I think you might find it a really good creative challenge to start looking for corners because when I first started mm-hmm. my account I lived in a house that was ridden with damp it had wood chip wallpaper mm. it was hor- <laughs> there was no light it was horrible but that really pushed me yeah I suppose I never thought about using thinking about you know what image you're posting and what purpose does it serve never really think about it that way it's often like how good is it or how it fits into your grid it's not like is this inviting someone who hasn't seen what I do or I mean when I share like myself then it's like okay this is connecting more with people who follow me and also hopefully introducing myself again to people who are new to the feed so they can see who's behind it but I never really think in those ways of images that I share I never really think about yeah what kind of purpose they serve in that immediate sense because you notice what brings more followers in what brings more likes in and I don't don't tend to overthink that very much and sometimes, yeah, sometimes things that you think are going to do well flop completely. And yeah, it's just sometimes happens like that. Like you have a really sunny weekend and you just realize everyone's probably outside. So no yeah. one's actually <laughs> checking their Instagram. So I'm going yeah, back the to... most wonderful image you've shared, but <laughs> no one's seen it because they're not on their phone. And we're going back to, it's never about you. It's always about <laughs> the other people. <laughs> and so people are too quick to take things personally like that. And it's never, ever about you it's always others um, and then you look at Instagram and like the moment we realize that you can't judge how good the image sometimes you post something and you think oh it's a beautiful photograph and people don't seem to respond much to it and you're like oh no maybe it's a terrible <laughs> photograph but then you scroll for Instagram and like a terrible picture of something really random has got like 15,000 likes and you're like okay no it's just yeah. about isn't it <laughs> it's yeah. just about who actually gets to see it absolutely so So, I think we've kind of gone really balanced around but I think that's good I like that and so I want to think a little bit about your next steps and your goals for the next kind of months years and I think we were saying at the beginning you're kind of just saying yes to stuff exploring and I think for you finding your right people is going to be a good process for you and start to become known in the circles that you need to become known in. So it's doing that kind of audience work to find out their goals, their challenges, um, and also looking at what I can kind of call their watering holes. So mm. that is anywhere where they get inspiration or information. So you know it's basically going to be Instagram, but then narrow yeah. them down. <laughs> what hashtags, what people are they following? Yeah. Where? What time, where are they? Looking at things like, what magazines they read or what podcasts they listen to um what do they do on the train what do they do when they're working from home and they're procrastinating Mm. where do they go at the weekend all those little things think of them as a real person and how they can pop up in their life because it's great to consolidate your own channels go really deep there and think about it but Mm. in order to grow and get more people finding you, you have to get out of your channels and meet them where they're already hanging out because that's where they feel safe, Mm. that's where they feel comfortable, and that's where you can start to build the trust. Mm. I think like that's one of the aspects where Instagram can be so tricky because Mm. it's like you can think of what people might like to look at, but 
it's such a long-winded way of finding people. It's like it's it's interesting how it's made as a program, as an app. Yeah. You kind of have to find people through other people, through hashtags, mm-hmm. through other posts, and then it's so strange. Yeah, it's funny. It does yeah. allow for one-to-one connection, but it really yeah. it's really hard to find specific people and I don't kind of encourage people to go after looking for specific like looking for clients because that's just a little bit weird (laughs) and heartbreaking as well then you you don't you're not gonna find it like that yeah on your channel it's really demotivating it's better to be a magnet but then mm. a big Instagrammer, or not even a big Instagrammer, like another account mm. that is really similar to yours or has a similar aesthetic yeah. or why, and go and like do a photo walk together, share it on stories, mm. blog about it and, and stuff, and just share audiences like that. Or even if they're mm-hmm. not another photographer, if they're just like a blogger or something, like go and shoot mm. one portrait of them and get in front of their audience that way. Yeah, I've definitely noticed people like coming through when you, you know, even if I've just arranged like socially to hang out or connect with someone that I, that's in the same industry or doing something similar through Instagram and then you share that you were actually meeting up suddenly, there's a few people that Mm -hmm. pop over Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, they follow that person. It's always really, because I definitely do that myself. Yeah. So I try to think about how do I end up following people. Absolutely. And often it is because, you know, someone else has shared something about them on their feed or their stories usually. And then you check them out and you're like, oh, yeah, I like what they do as well. That's really interesting. And you is you are your own target customer. Yeah. If you weren't a photographer, you'd want a photographer like you. So yeah. you can really listen and mm. apply that to your dream client as well totally I agree with that I'm definitely my dream customer (laughs) so yeah I think that's good to kind of get a little bit more under the skin of who that dream client is find out where they are so you can be there too and I would encourage you to like really think about those content buckets and focus in Mm -hmm. on what you're talking about and play to your strengths there as well and don't talk about anything because you think you should because you'll never present the best you if you're talking about something yeah. that you should talk about you, it's got to be right there for you you know it's got to really come out of you so that you can be the best you and particularly because your brand is so purposeful and so full mm. of soul you can't fake that so you've got to get really nah. specific on what you talk about and talk about it with ferocious passion mm. so there we go we've we've gone we've gone quite big there <laughs> at the end but i love thinking about the big things and it's it's good to to have that view (laughs) so I've got one last question for you which is our quick question that we're asking at the end of all our interviews which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life Mm, that doesn't sound like a quick question (laughs) 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 well I think the way that I do it is that Something that maybe I didn't necessarily realize was so important at the very start when I was just sort of figuring, how do you do business? But because I tried to always do it as me and just remember that this is this is something creative, this is something that comes from my heart, it is really important to sort of keep focusing on that aspect and give it space as well. So I take it as a huge part of my business to repetitively check in with myself mm-hmm. and to take time to like be still and go for nature walks and think about maybe certain aspects that 
I'm facing that are troubling me, that I'm finding hard, something that maybe I'm hitting against at that point, and to kind of meditate on it and to really check in with how am I feeling, what issues this is this bringing up from my life, my past, what else does it relate to, maybe it's my self-image or just all of these aspects because I think I really, really believe that as a small business owner, your kind of business growth is impossible without that personal growth. I find that as I improve, as I develop as a person, so does my business and vice versa. And so I try to intentionally set time aside to just check in, check in with my heart, check in whether things feel right and not get lost in the detail and like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that or, you know, I have to post three blogs a week and Mm. they have to be on set days. And then when I check in with myself, it's like maybe this is completely not the right way for you and try not to be afraid of being different and doing things differently. As long as it feels right in my heart and my gut, then just kind of go for it because I think you have to stick to yeah, what you feel is right and who you are and your gut's the mm. definitely the most clever yeah. <laughs> in that. I love so that. I think, yeah. I think you're on to a real winner there. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think you'll go far wrong. And I think if more people lived their life like that and ran, worked their jobs like that and run their mm-hmm. businesses like that, the world would be a better place. So, <laughs> yeah, I it, love that. <laughs> it is really hard. I definitely see integrity as a huge part of who I am as a person and it's kind of how I was brought up to be as well like my family my history of my family integrity is really important doing the right thing is really important and that's not just you know to other people in society but also to myself but I've definitely had to make some hard decisions in jobs before as well where it just didn't feel right or a situation didn't feel right and I have to react from the gut because otherwise I'm just, yeah, I'm going to regret who I am and mm. how I deal. And at the end of the day, you know, you, I, I do definitely live in the future a lot and focus on where am I going next, where am I going next, what's my goal? But you do have to find a way to be happy with where you are now. And if what you do feels right in your heart, if it's aligned with who you are, with your soul, then you're happy and it doesn't matter how far along you are you're just going to be fine you're going to be enjoying the process because it's aligned with who you are as a person and if it's not right for you then you're going to hate every step of it and it's just going to be really really hard to progress as well because it's when you yeah when you're doing something that you completely believe in then it comes a lot easier otherwise it's just forcing it and yeah it doesn't have the same result as well absolutely so for people who've been listening and love the sound of what you do and believe there's magic in the world as well where's the best place to find and connect with you online so definitely instagram you'll find my handle in the podcast notes probably i'm (laughs) gonna try to explain it because yeah i'm lithuanian and my name is always like doesn't make sense to people (laughs) but it's like at a solita which is my last name Mm -hmm. And then my website as well, which is linked in my bio. So it's pretty easy and everything goes from there. Great. Thanks, Asa. Bye. (laughs) So there you have it. 
All the links we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and I start on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason. And as she hinted at the end there, her handle has an interesting spelling. So if I will spell it out for you, so it's at A-S-A-U-L-Y-T-E. Or you could just use the hashtag, hashtag grow us all podcast. As always, if you have a friend that you think will benefit from listening to this, please do send it to them and recommend it to them. And if you're listening alone and somewhere beautiful or somewhere not so beautiful, do share that online with the hashtag as well. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul. <laughs>